This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Oh, I forgot you have no voice. Welcome back to Spidey's 16th minute. Feeling so famous lately that, you know, we may just call this show Spidey in season <laughs> two. Uh, what has happened? So Spidey's much happens. This is Spidey's first minute. Heidi has lost her voice yes. because she's currently been in the recording studio working on Superficial 2, tentative title, for her pop comeback masterpiece. Show the merch. Oh, if you're watching this on Spotify, your premium, you can see the merch I'm wearing or maybe potentially even YouTube. Shh, maybe, who knows? Um, very exciting. So Heidi just released a new song that we've been talking about that's actually from 2007 that we recorded then at David Foster's incredible studio uh, at Casablanca, where I filmed Princes of Malibu. So much magic happened there with the legendary songwriter Cara Diagordia, excuse me, butchering that name, but famous, famous songwriter from Britney's Blackout, among about a thousand other hits. That happened. So Heidi could barely talk. Wait to hear her voice. Show him, Heidi. Yeah, it's getting better. Oh, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, we've been in the studio. I've been in the studio. Spencer's been there making magic happen. And we are just going to get this album together, which is amazing. Been trying to uh, figure out hair, makeup, content, and singing at the same time and picking up these boys. So it's been a lot of juggling, uh, which is great. Great to work. Lots of big news in the media. The most dramatic thing I've seen in a while is that Barbie, the, the story to Barbie, the movie, became a true story. And now they're going to probably do a documentary about it because Ken was the only one nominated for an Academy Award, not Barbie herself. I, you know, look at that. I don't even know Barbie's real name. Um, she was crying, Margaret Robbie. Thank you. And she was crying in the movie. She was so good. Clearly, you know, this is what the movie was talking about. Just how just these Kens just get all it's the clout. So true. And it's just, it's BS. But I can say that because I'm not actually trying to get nominated for Oscar yet. But other people can't just say it. Like, but Ryan did put on a nice little thing saying there's no Ken without Barbie. You know, it was a nice little essay he put out, but. He sure wasn't going to risk, you know, getting nominated for another Oscar. But that was was big, like, Hollywood news. Um, it's very controversial. You know, Taylor Swift's boyfriend. We know we got to do weekly Taylor Swift updates. They won the game. So I'm totally invested in this football. She may be in Tokyo, though, if he gets into the Super Bowl. So hopefully her private jet can fly real fast, which I'm sure to get to his game and get back. If I was the NFL, I would drop any amount 
it would take to drop Usher, all due respect, Usher, and have Taylor Swift performing at the Super Bowl, even though she's already passed on it. I know that Swifties, you don't have to do it, but you know, they should give her like $500 million so that way she wouldn't pass or just give her like half the NFL. That would be so iconic with Taylor Swift performing. I wonder why she doesn't want to do the Super Bowl. It's so interesting. It makes sense to me, honey, because if, as you recall, the eras tour, the production level, I bet that stage takes about two days to prepare everyone. You can't just be running out like, oh, run out and put the stage together, like, and let her do like three, you know, just feel like she's such a, like, like a professional now. She wants the best for her fans. And I just don't think that rush Super Bowl it always just feels so fast. Like everyone's running out. You got to like not even finishing songs. They like do three songs merged together. I just think it's just too rushed. They should just extend the Super Bowl. Like have like a building next door where it's like a full stage for Taylor. Yeah. And yeah. then so she doesn't have to rush. And she's just there. But it's a really good idea. So there's our weekly Swifty update yeah. for the Swifties that come just to the podcast for that. Um, yeah, what up? Besides Taylor, not much happening on Earth. Um, yeah, we are getting caught up on um, Southern Charm, which is so good. This show is so good. I was talking to Landon about it the other day. Say who Landon is. Landon was remember. on Southern Charm for, I think, just a season. She was also on the Hills. And now our kids go to the same school. Anyways, I was like, are they all really like that? Like, what do you do when you go back? She's like, no, they're all really like that. She's like, it's crazy. They're in the mix. They're really doing all those things. So it's another Vanderpump effect that it's this group that kind of keeps doing these crazy things. I'm like, I can't even believe Austin with Shep's accent. Like, oh my gosh, it is so good. We're only on episode like four, but it is. If there's one show I'm watching right now, that is the show. Well, so good. their ratings I just read are at averaging like two million viewers, wow. top top ranked for a long time for their franchise. So you're not the only one. Those would be good guests. Uh, the Pillows and Beers uh, podcast hosts. Yeah, would be, we had them on. Yeah, before. back in the day, we should yeah. run them back now that they're extra famous. Yeah. Um, what other shows? So Vanderpump comes back this week, and now that it's relevant, we'll be tuning in. Oh, since we had Jax on, The Valley, which was a secret, I guess, was announced. It was an incredible trailer. Somebody said it reminded me of, like, the opening to, like, the original Desperate Housewives, kind of, like, cartoony, animated. It was it was a work of art. It looked really good. One of my makeup artists, she's so funny. She reads Reddit, and it's, like, all in there all the drama and she's like have you read on reddit about jackson britney are they breaking up and i was like i don't think so he said he was like not gonna go after other girls on our podcast and that he's like very committed to their relationship but according to her on reddit it's like wild but reddit can't be you know it's people's opinions right it's not that's, like articles it's correct okay i don't so know i've never been on no reddit facts, but you know some like to say there's smoke, there's fire, but he seemed pretty clear that he's yeah. committed to this marriage and being a father, so I'm not going to go off of that. But I, I thought most interesting in the little scoop is one of our nemesis, because obviously we're team Heather McDonald, but that Jeff Lewis fellow just had Stassi on, and she said she was offered to do the pilot of the, uh, the Valley, and she said no because that's not her life and those aren't her da-da-da-da-da. When I hear all that, respectfully, all I hear is they didn't offer you enough money. 100%. It's like, it's, why are you making up all the BS around it? Just say it wasn't the check that I wanted yeah. or I don't like Jax or whatever it is. It's like you're making this fluff story that you don't like reality TV when you've been great at it and you totally jumped back into Vanderpump Rules until that didn't work out. But it's like, let's not pretend you're higher than thou reality TV all of a sudden. Like, what? That is, yeah, like, that's not true. I can't just, be, you know. The check wasn't there. And that's just a fact. So, right. Like she's a hustler. Yeah. She's good at it. Or she wanted it to be her show and not have Jax be the lead. So, there's some other element, I'm sure. I, I will bet you within the next year or so, we will see a Stasi show coming, not a cameo, yeah. a, oh, a show. Yeah. If I the Valley's successful, maybe she's in um, the hills. Whether <laughs> there's valleys, there's hills. Maybe <gasps> she's at the beach. Maybe the she's beach. on a plane, the plains. The plains? She's on the plains. <laughs> um, so, the that, that was entertaining. And I wish I had seen that. 
before it happened after, but I would have loved to have Jax once he heard that I did text Alex Baskin the link. And when he doesn't respond, that means he knows, I know that he's going to say something that he doesn't want me to say. So I interpret the no response as exactly what I'm That's thinking. Give me the scoop. Yeah, I, I'm going to call. I'm going to follow up. We'll, I'll dig deeper for our listeners. Stay tuned. Until next week, I'll have some more dirt on that. And speaking of new shows, we got a new Bachelor coming out, which is, I guess, I read they, they're trying to find a more likable Bachelor. <laughs> I, maybe I made that up, but I think that's... that's I think I could have made that up, but <laughs> he seems likable in this photo. Like Nice, nice, likable All right, guy. I'm going to watch it. But... We have the biggest bachelor. The only one, if you ask me to name him in like a mug shots, like it, or, this is the only one I could be like, oh, that's Nick. And I will keep saying his name wrong because I haven't been corrected. I'm going to say Nick Vial. It's not Nick Vial. Vial. Yeah, because he said all. Vial. We're going to, you know, he'll make all it right. clear to us when he gets here. But uh, so that'll be exciting because he's pretty much the most successful male that's come out of the franchise incredible podcast now he just launched his own podcast network signed katie maloney from the vanderpump for her own podcast so he's killing the game so that's why we're very excited for this podcast yeah let's bring him out this episode is brought to you by state farm you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. OMG, breaking news on Spidey's 16th minute. It's been extended another 30 seconds because we have one of not only the biggest podcasters, definitely on my TikTok for your page, but ABC's pretty much the only Bachelor. You, I, I don't know anybody else's names, period. So he's the Bachelor. He also stole the Bachelorette franchise from the Bachelorette. <laughs> so it is Nick Vial. Okay, everyone. So, wow. Oh, my God. Sorry, I, all the practice. I still okay. so, I do that, too. I all practice we and then I'll brain it. fart. But. <laughs> Thank you for being here. It's great it's, to be with you guys. You guys are yeah. legends. Oh, Thank you. You're, yeah. you're a modern legend. We watched all of your seasons. That's when we were able to watch The Bachelor. And we watched you on The Bachelorette. And then we watched you come back for... The Bachelorette. Caitlin, yeah, and whatever. It was Caitlin and... To interrupt... Just so we're clear, audience, that is my wife, Heidi. She's just been in the recording sorry. studio working on her new pop album for the last two days straight, singing all day long, big notes. So, you know. Yeah, with no voice. It's, it's just getting worse and worse, but I'm going to do my best. So she's here. That is her. It's not AI. Yeah. But yes. I and actually, back to Nick. I think I stopped watching The Bachelor right after, after your Nick. season. Yeah. You did. Like, I hear that a lot. Now, is that because yeah. I turned you off to the franchise or it no, wasn't it was just so like, good. this was the best? We appreciate what you bring in reality TV first off. So I don't know. And I'd love to hear from you what you thought about going on The Bachelor. Were you actually thinking you would find love or were you like, this is a great opportunity because we personally love entertainment and mm -hmm. it is TV at the end of the day. So you know, and then you were so good, they brought you back. I was, uh, I went for the experience, I tell okay. people. Like, I was pretty naive. I was living in the Midwest. I, I hadn't even been to L.A. yet. So, like, I first said yes to just the casting process because I was like, I got a free trip to L.A. And I was expecting to say no. But then as I went through the process, I, um, I got the sense that they might ask me to go on. So I started talking to people at work. And to my surprise, they were really supportive. Uh, and then when I went, 
I was like open to it. You know, I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, you know, I was skeptical. I didn't, I didn't expect to go on and, and like the girl, but I was like, all right, well, you know, we'll see. And then I, I definitely got sucked in. And once I showed up to that world, I, I just, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all out, yeah. you know? And that's just kind of my, my mentality. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it all went down. We relate I, to that. I would have bet a million dollars. You were like from LA or New York, you know, like is. I feel like your game in the media landscape and like how savvy you have been just doesn't feel like somebody who like, you know, I, I think it's more a result of, I had the benefit of not going on TV until my early thirties and coming from corporate America. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I had my own personal life struggles in my twenties. So I had a little bit more, I think maturity and perspective on life uh, I think I had a pretty good support system. And then I was in sales. I, you know, I, I, which I just, I just took my business acumen that I learned in life and applied it to being out in LA. There you know, go. it's like, instead of selling yeah. software, I sold myself. <laughs> Not to the devil though. Yeah. Cause you know, we don't do that here on this podcast. No. You know, um, also what I loved about the bachelor too, is that they want you to be likable at the end of the day. Like, it seems like, Depends. They, you get both sides, right? Like yeah. they want you to be entertaining, but they still are invested in parts of you being likable and bringing you around and having the romance and having that sweet spot. So I felt like they did a good job of making you and you yourself entertaining and likable and charm, you know, cause I felt like Caitlin Bristow really liked you. Like I, I felt like love. loved you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys had a conversation or whatever, but like I thought she was gonna choose you from the uh, beginning. I was like, it's either Sean or Nick, or like when you came in halfway sure, through sure. or whatever. Um, I love when you came in. I was like, <laughs> so good. those guys were so <laughs> oh, mad. God, the looks but... on their faces, like this is not fair. It was a good season. I so mean, good. I to be honest, like well, to one answer your question, you know, for all the drama the Bachelor has, like they do care mostly about the love story. That is their bread and butter and so very from season to season like i think this season i think they're trying to lean more into the love stories where other seasons they've gotten more drama but um at this also like for in at the same time too like they're just they'll just respond to how people act you know and for me i just you know similar to like watching you guys you know i feel like you guys the reason why you guys were so good at reality tv um is why, you know, I've had success is because I just, I think you guys have a, a good sense of who you are as people, you know, as individuals, and you didn't take yourselves that seriously. It's like, hey, I'm, a, it's reality TV. Um, and when you were there, you didn't, you know, edit yourself every second of thinking, because there are people who go, especially in The Bachelor, who go on that show, and every, before anything comes out of their mouth, they're thinking, how's this going to come across, or Am I going to look good or am I going to get the brand deals I want and things like that? And I just, I didn't do that, you know? And, um, you know, I honestly like, you know, Caitlin's season, you know, I, it wasn't for the show. I mean, I got caught up in the whirlwind of us like DMing back and forth and kind of said, fuck it. You know, this is my only way to meet the person, you know? So that's what I did, you know? And I was, I wasn't really worried about the fallout. And so um, anytime I went on reality TV, I just, tried to be as present as possible and then when I got done recording it was more like all right I don't know what did I do what am I gonna have to deal with and then how do I manage that rather than you know am I making sense yeah. like you know was, was there fallout though it didn't seem like there was any repercussions well it depends on how what you call who's by watching yeah yeah it's okay. just like which you know base yeah it's the fallout usually is just internet trolls you know yeah. and if you can police yourself and not look or just not take it that seriously then yeah, it's not that big of a deal. So it really depends on who you are. I don't have the best memory, but weren't you the first one to like do all three fantasy suites and like spend the night? Or did I dream this? Is this like an actual uh, my fantasy? Or like, wait, wait, in what season? You know, like, didn't you actually like okay. spend the night with three in the fantasy suite? What didn't you like? When I was a bachelor. What do you mean? What, yeah. what season? Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't yeah, there a like I just remember. I did a lot of firsts. I will yeah, say that. Yeah, I feel that. like that yeah. was like the first you like, um, broke that mold where it was like. He had two fan like didn't you do more than one fantasy night with? But yeah, on my season, no, I was actually more conservative because on my season, I felt like because of my history 
on Andy and Caitlin's season, and more specifically Caitlin's season, like they basically gave us an opportunity to have off-camera time, you know, gotcha. which didn't end up being totally off-camera, but we were naive. That's and so by the time I was The Bachelor, I felt pretty sexualized. Yeah. And when it came to the fantasy suite, I, I went to the fantasy suite with all of the women. But and then you were like, I'm not going to I was just like, up. hey, we're not hooking up. Uh, that's you know? what it was. I remember um, being something like, he, there's yeah. some. But they definitely didn't air that part and certainly made it seem like all three were. Okay. Okay. You know, that's a, cause um, I was like, wild that's, escapades, but in the reality. Things Spencer remembers. Yeah. Yeah, the thing I remember was like, did you oh, get my it go with all three? This guy yeah. did all three of the, uh, the Rose series. <laughs> and then I, I can say, I'm definitely not, I didn't have you know, sex with all the women from my season that with Fantasy Suite, but I'm definitely not. But it has happened. Oh my God, yeah. So yeah. They need to air this. How content. many people really think they're finding love? And like, did you think that the girl that you picked, you were gonna be in love with, or was it just like? I all think right, this most is the of the show? leads very much want to find love. I mean, you don't. It's uh, there's all, you have all. If for no other reason, the pressure of Bachelor Nation is like you you have to find love or else. You know, the men. <laughs> don't want to you know be like accused of being fuck boys or in it for the fame the women don't want to be like left at the altar and like rejected so there's a ton of pressure on the lead to find love and um so when i was a bachelor yeah when they asked me i was like i really wanted it to work out honestly i i told the executives when they asked me i was like i don't even care about the money i just want you to cast women that i'm going to be attracted to because like you show up and then you meet a bunch of strangers and you're like you know they don't pressure you to get engaged but the pressure is there yeah just from the audience you know that if if it doesn't work out it's not going to go well for you um so there's a lot of pressure <laughs> I love this um, but what about bachelor in paradise aren't you like well i don't want to totally be on this because i can yeah. go on bachelor in paradise no when i, I went to bachelor in paradise I, I really didn't want, I thought I was done. They made it worth my while. I was like, fine, I'll go. I'm going to hang out with my friends and chill. And to me, I had such intense, um, you know, Andy's season was super intense. It fucked me up pretty good. Caitlin's season fucked me up pretty good. You know, I was the runner up twice and it was nine weeks of intensity and thinking I was going to end up with these people only to not. So when I went on Bachelor of Paris, I was like, this is like summer camp. I, I didn't, I didn't get like, I wasn't like a, in Bachelor World, I was definitely caught up in the bubble. In Paradise, I was kind of aware. I saw the Matrix, so to speak. You know, by the time I was a Bachelor, I I saw the Matrix. So it was a little different. I know. feel like you guys are a exclusive group, all Bachelor Nation. Like people who have been on it, you guys, or a lot of people like stay in touch. Girls stay friends, guys stay mm -hmm. friends. You guys kind of like date each other. Is that a thing? Are you guys really like a it can be for sure i mean i have a lot of close friends um i always equate it to like a job you know you get yeah. a job you're gonna become friends with some people at work some people you'll be like yeah they're fine i don't really need to hang out with them outside of work and some people you'll be like i can stand them yeah. it's a lot of that um dating sure that definitely happens you know i definitely um during my time on the show had you know, went on dates and, and casually did a couple people from the franchise. After I was The Bachelor, I, and, and when Vanessa and I broke up, and to answer your earlier question, you know, when I met her on the season, I was very much into her. <laughs> I quickly realized after we got engaged that we weren't compatible and we both kind of knew that and we, we did our best to try to make it work and, you know, we realized it just wasn't in the cards for us. Uh, and after we broke up, I just not... I kind of set a boundary with myself. I was like, I am never going to date someone from Bachelor Nation again. And not because they're not great or whatever. It was just like, there's exceptions to every rule. You know, if I had met someone and I was like, oh my God, like, I think you're my person. Like, sure. But I was not going to go on like random dates or have casual hookups anymore because I just knew how that played out. And I was like, I didn't want the, the press of it all. I didn't want to get caught up in that. And so I just said, I'm never going to do it again. And, you know, I had to, I had to say that to a few people who like, I thought, you know, who would DM me or reach out. And I thought they were very pretty and very nice. I was like, Hey, you seem great, but I just don't do this anymore. Um, because it just, I wanted to break away from that just because there's a lot of reasons why I get the connections, similar interests, you know, you know, it's hard to relate to that experience. I've been on dates with people who like have pretended not to be fans and it's just weird, you <laughs> know? Like, oh, on that one episode. Yeah. <laughs> 
So what did so you think about Josh? I'm like, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> like, so I I could be totally wrong. This is also just my TikTok scrolling. Your now fiance, who you're having a child with, she was a fan, right? No, I she, thought she like slid in your DMs. She slid in my DMs. Uh, a lot she, of people don't believe it, but uh, she does. She she's not a fan of the franchise. She just now a she'll fan watch. Of you. Yeah, she's a fan yeah, of me yeah. now. Oh, uh, but I showed up in her Explorer page. Oh wow! Yeah, I, uh, algorithm hooked you guys. Yeah, I, uh, it's actually. I mean, I've told this story before, but I'm a sucker for a good chair massage. You know, like in the mall. Uh, and I used to live in Venice, and I was single. And the Whole Foods in Venice, there were there's a, a masseuse who'd always like be. It's Whole Foods, so they there'd be like a, a masseuse and like I don't know over by the vitamins or whatever and so i would a single serving guy i'd go to the grocery store four or five times a week grab a a burger patty or a whatever and so i started getting massages from her like every 30 minutes like for 30 minutes i'd go like four times a week i spent like twenty five hundred dollars one year just by chair massages in a whole foods and i built a rapport with her and then being a single guy you know, on Instagram, it's like, I don't, I don't know who can take a picture of me. Like I, I'm supposed to post shit. I don't fucking know. And then one day I was like, Hey, listen, this is a weird ass, but like, can you take a picture of me? I need to put something up on Instagram. So she walked out in the parking lot of Whole Foods, took a picture. I posted that. That was the photo that ended up in the Explorer page that Natalie oh. responded to and DM me. In the oh, page. I so thought she was the chair. No, the no, that would have been great. Like, no, no, no Diane was like in her sixties. Like, She's yeah. getting massages every day. Like, no, I wish. The Explorer uh, page. But oh, it was no. just kind of a random <laughs> thing where like my so whole thanks. foods masseuse took a photo oh, of me and that's oh, how i met my fiance like, yeah. and then but, she clicked in and probably yeah, googled but you she's she's you. she's not particularly she's not her it's not her cup of tea mm-hmm. you know she's not a big fan um of the franchise so she didn't really know much about me when we met yeah and you were invited to all these weddings and events i at least see you at everything and she comes does she like these people or she i don't like do many bachelor events like I didn't do the golden wedding stuff. I I pretty much don't participate a lot oh, wow. in the bachelor stuff anymore. Like I I still have a good relationship with the franchise, mostly through like work on the show because we still covered the bachelor from time to time. Um, and I know I overall have like positive, you know, like everything I'm doing now is a result of going on the show. So like yeah, I've had ups and downs and I had my frustrations, but I have a net positive feeling about my experience. Um, but I That's I do good. try to limit. You know how much bachelor stuff I do. Yeah. No. Are you ready to be a dad? So yeah, so ready. Yeah, so ready. really excited. Boy or girl? Girl. Yeah. Gosh. When you say so ready, what is that? You really think you're ready? Because okay. <laughs> I'm not. A... Let me just tell you, you ain't ready, player. <laughs> I always listen. I've always wanted to be a dad. I'm excited. I don't yeah, like. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. old enough. I've I've been selfish. I've had a very oh, you know good. great life, and I'm sure I'll be up at night. I'm sure I'll have its challenges. But yeah. like, if I'm not ready now. Yeah, you know, then he's and ready. if you want yeah. it, and your wife, your fiance is ready. Yeah, we're excited. Well, she's ready. I mean, she's just ready to be done being yeah. pregnant. How at many this months point. is she? We're very close. Yeah, is she like eight, seven, eight? Oh, at we're, the end. We're at the end. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. it could be like any time. You know, Check my first phone. one. Put that phone back, yeah. case. You know, Gunner, I had him three weeks early. Really? And he was. They was say he that he's like fully he developed. First? Yeah. Oh wow. And people say that doesn't really happen. No, so yeah, just, be ready. No, I'm, I'm on standby. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll see. Why? Because like it seems like a no-brainer to me when Chris Harrison left, why they didn't bring you into host? Did they, were there talks or were you just like, I want nothing to do with there this? Were, oh, there were talks only because I actually reached out and threw my hat in the ring, mostly because like that's just my personality. It's just like, hey, I didn't really think they would consider me. Uh, by the time I reached out, I'm pretty sure they had already had conversations with Jesse. But uh, yeah, I had a meeting, but m- that meeting was mostly because I instigated the meeting. Um, why they, you know, I think Jesse's great. No, yeah, but, I was just, um, yeah. You know. no shade. But they did have like test hosts for a minute there. I think maybe until they found Jesse, right? Because they did a season of the girls. Well, they had hosting. Caitlin and yeah. Tasha co-host, and One I think season. that was more a product of. You know, they didn't know what they were going to do, and I think it made a lot of sense to have two of their women alumni, yeah. you know, host the Bachelorette. And then I think, you know, after considerations, they obviously went with Jesse. It's hard to have two hosts. Yeah, it's kind of it was tricky. And, uh, with the... they didn't really give Caitlin and, and, and Tasha, I think, uh, they didn't even treat them like hosts. They were kind of they were more like friends. Yeah, it, it was like a bizarre like cast members. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, what they did as hosts is very different than what Chris or Jesse right. 
are doing as hosts. It's more of a boundary. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm a host. Yeah. Is it a hard balance? Because it seems that everyone wants to come on your podcast and there's so much like popping drama in the bachelor nation to like limit where you don't become like the bachelor podcast because everyone does sure, want to come yeah. on. You're like, how do you, how are you selective of like when you'll step into drama? Like, well, we cover Bravo, Housewives of Vanderpump, Traders, um, Love is Blind, Bachelor, you know, at at this point, like Bachelor is like our lower performing stuff. Um, wow. What's the highest? Uh, like, you know, we like Love is Blind is a really popular. When it comes to reality TV, Love yeah. is Blind is, I think, uh, number one in the game these days. But Bravo does very well. And, and this is all to say, like, I just been lucky enough to grow my show to a level where it's become a destination where people want to share their stories um if they have things to say um and so yeah I'm, when it comes to like you know whether it's love or blind or really any talent i am very selective you know there needs to be a story there it has to be a compelling character um you know there are seasons where i won't have any bachelor people on you know just because i'm not interested in who's available or what that story is. So I am pretty selective, you know, um, a few years ago, it was more bachelor heavy. Now it's, they're just one of the shows that we, we cover. Um, yeah. So it's just a matter of how well I think, you know, what, if what's, what's interesting, you just know, do you that. like reality TV? Do you and your fiance watch it together? Like, oh, we watch it all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't watch any of it until I was on the bachelor. I didn't get into it. Um, but yeah, it's a, depends on the show yeah but i've really gotten i've i mean it wasn't until last it wasn't until scandal that i got into bravo and then i became pretty obsessed i was like this stuff's great so you had were you biased going into special forces with uh sandoval because you'd had these people come on your pod for sure yeah and i when i met him i the first thing i said is like hey i'm nick i don't know if you know who who i am but I've talked a lot of shit about you on my show. Um, <laughs> was the first thing I said to him. Oh my gosh, and I, like, this. I deserved it. He seems like no. He very... was like, yeah, I know, I know who you are, and like, it's all like, you know, take t- credit to him. He was he he was like, I get it, you know, I deserved it or whatever. And you know, we got to know each other, and he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Why, why do you think, from your perspective now, being like an expert and like interviewing these people, following this, like that? Because there's lots of cheating. There's cheating on all these shows. What was that, do you think? Was it timing? Or do you think it was just that it was for so long and it was a secret like, that like the Scandaball hit yeah. so hard? Yeah, just, I think it's a comp. I think it was a perfect lightning in a bottle. Um, I think the people who watch reality TV are, you know, like my show is a relationship, dating, and pop culture podcast, right? Yeah. That covers a lot of reality TV and pop culture. And so we'll use pop culture and reality TV and the conversations that happen on those shows to have conversations about real life relationships, right? And how they intersect. But because that's a lot of that's how these people like consume these shows, right? And so I think Scandaval, I think mostly women watch, you know, Bravo. So you have a higher woman audience. And then you had Tom, a man, cheat on Ariana, the woman. And I think there's a lot of women or a lot of people in general, but for that audience, uh, who have been victims of infidelity and cheating. And then when it comes to that, oftentimes, I think people who are on the wrong side of infidelity feel like the person who wronged them wasn't held accountable, uh, who kind of got away with it. And I think Tom was the person they could like hold accountable. It was like, finally, he was like the figurehead for all the people who had ever cheated on anyone because that's what fans do, right? Because like, and I, I'll have this conversation with my peers when I'm trying to like tell them not to read their press or go on Reddit and things like that. I'm like, people's opinions of you are are limited to, you know, their opinions of the people around them. You know, right. they're just, you know, you just remind them of someone who fucked them over right. or some person they tried to date, you know? And so anyone who likes me or dislikes me that I've never met, I'm just reminding them of someone they like or dislike, you know? Uh, and I think Tom Sandoval reminded a lot of people of, you know, some guy who wronged them and it was just very relatable. And the story was juicy, the best friend who behind her back, you know, it, is, it had all the variables of a compelling, juicy story, uh, which is why I think it kind of broke beyond Bravo. Do you, do you think Tom 
like I'm under the conspiracy that like he knew he was cheating, but he was also like, this is going to be so good for everyone. Like I just, I could be insane to think that like well, he almost wanted to get caught because he's like, this will help. Like, I feel like that they remind me of the Jersey shore and that yeah. this is like this team of just hitters that are like, you know, whatever it takes to success. And I just feel like he's like, yeah, this, I'm so shady and I'm in this, but it's also like, this is going to be so good when it does. Yes. And out. no, I don't think, after getting to know Tom, I don't think he's that strategic. Okay. Okay. That um, makes sense. That You're being, just projecting yeah, your strategic I'm just projecting thoughts. if I was Tom. <laughs> Spencer I mean, was said to me, like, said, you gotta cheat on me on TV. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. That being said, you know, my fascination with Vanderpump and Bravo in general, which is very different than, like, my experience on reality TV, it's like you're in a bubble for a period of time. Mm-hmm. You're kind of fucked up about, like, what this bubble does to you because, like, you're just every you know, lifeline is taken from you. But Bravo, it's just their life. It's their world. There's, you know, the when the show starts and stops versus like when their life start and stop, it, those lines are so blurred. Right. And I think Tom is his own, he's become a caricature of himself. He is Tom Sandoval from Vanderpump. And it's like, I don't know if he knows the difference. And I think like, you know, getting to know Katie Maloney, she seems to have more like personal boundaries of like where the show starts and stops where like Tom, he is Vanderpump. Vanderpump is him. So I think, while I don't think it was a strategy of his, I think he is so focused on being the character he needs to be that he was able to be like, what's, you know, like, I think Tom serious was like, you all cheat. What's yeah. the big deal. I, I like, this is just what we do guys, you know? And I think he was honestly confused as to why this was such a big deal because I don't think Tom thinks in terms of like, is this like, am I, am I a good guy or a bad guy? Is this like a high character moment or low character moment? This is, I'm just, I'm a TV maker. That's and I think I that's feel. kind of how he thinks about things. Well, it's He's interesting yeah. because they do all cheat on that show. So that's why from an audience perspective, I was like, I don't understand that person. Like every single cast member has cheated. But I guess when we talked to Jax about it too, it made sense that I think that he was so self-righteous throughout the seasons and condemning the other people that finally it was him. But Special Forces, how was that? How long was that? And was that, that's, that's also a bubble, days, right? That's only eight days or is it because you got eliminated? No, I finished. I everyone. It's I only won. eight days. Yeah. Well, wow. It's, I mean, not, oh not no, gosh. no bullshit. They are. No, I know. It looks hard. You. Yeah, it looks. It yeah. is right. It it's is eight torture. days of torture. How hard is it? Is it the hardest thing you've ever done? Yeah, I mean, like they're not fucking around. It is four special forces, you know, drills like yeah. former Marines, and they're not. There's no cameras. There's no like. There's no ITMs. They're, you're not interacting with producers. There's no break to go you know, sit in a room to talk about, you know, earlier in the morning, you're just fully in a simulation of special forces training and they strip every comfort that you were, sh- we were going to the bathroom in ho- outhouses. We were sleeping on cots. We were served prison food. We had limited time to eat. They were trying to literally break us. Um, I was hyperthermic for like four days straight, you know, um, it was actual torture. And then the last phase was them literally torturing us which was like them putting bags over our head blasting like screeching chainsaw music in our ears for eight hours in a frozen room while we were shivering and then in between we got interrogated like so i felt i was literally trying to survive and get to the next hour like i've never felt so like fucked up in my life so i couldn't imagine doing it for more than eight days (laughs) do you not get paid if you leave earlier you get paid regardless so you could have quit I could have showed up the first hour and said, this is not for me and peaced out. And whatever I, whatever they agreed to pay me was never, never going to change. So it's really just about, you know, your resiliency and, and whether you're a sucker for punishment, like I am. How much did you love Tara Reid? She was great. Yeah. Uh, She's a a legend. Her smuggling those cigarettes in. She was was so funny. (laughs) She's like, how many packs? She's a sweetheart too. I really, I really feel for her too. I mean, I only, only got to know her a little bit, but I really think she's been through it, man. Like, I think she came up in a time where, you know, as bad as it is now with social media, paparazzi were relentless. We've seen the Britney docs and things like that. And that's when like she came, I feel like she got harassed so much that I almost get the impression she's like, for the past decade kind of locked herself in her house. You know, it's, I, I, I think we don't have enough empathy for her. I met Tara Reed when she was peak 
fame, like right after American Pie, she got Brody and I into our first nightclub, Spider Room, whatever. And it is like what you're imagining. Like she couldn't have been more famous. So yeah. like to look, you know, and I still see her as that level of fame because I witness it. But for the nowadays audience, they can't comprehend. Like a TikTok person can't imagine what it was to be oh God, Tara yeah. Reid in Hollywood. Like being the she it. was iconic. Yeah, so that's why I always love when she's on these shows. But and she's a sweetheart too, and she's so funny. Yeah. What like, are um, your thoughts about TikTok, Instagram, social media, and the stars on there versus how things used to be and your evolution in that? I mean, I, I like him as a tool to promote my business. Uh, in terms of like Instagram stars or TikTok stars, it's you know, think about like TikTok stars. I don't even you know, two years ago. If you paid attention, you could list off a handful of TikTok stars. I don't even hear about them anymore. It's crazy. You know, they've come and yeah. gone. It's like it's an true. 18 month shelf life. But, you know, and you you guys know this. Like, we're here today. You guys have been shit, man. I've been in Hollywood for 10 years. You guys have been here for 20, <laughs> you know? Uh, to me, it's all about longevity, you know? And I think that's what I focus on is like staying power, you know, yeah. and and trying to figure out how to still work rather than. I, that's the thing. I, I'm figuring out how to work, not how to be famous. Ooh, um, that's a merch shirt right there. And I'm uh, lucky enough that, you know, it's a very privileged life and we have a lot of access and we have incredible opportunities to make a, an amount of money that, you know, I couldn't make when I was an accountant. Um, and there's a, you know, and then, so I like that part of, of it, but, uh, yeah, the fame part is, so you're not doing TikTok dances with your fiance? I've yeah. tried it all. Yeah. Don't oh, get right, me wrong. Okay, okay. I've tried it all. Uh, <laughs> I've done shirtless Bob Ross paintings. I've roller skated. You know, I've 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 tried it all. Um, and again, to me, it's a tool. It's a tool to market yourself to uh, get out there. But like, you know, whether you're a TikTok star or you made your way on Snapchat or Instagram, you know, you have to figure out something else that you can offer. Who, whoever is selling selling you, your agent, your manager, because like, you know, yeah, you'll get a pop on, on, on TikTok because you can do some dances, but like, that's not marketable. And how do you, you know, what do you do with that? So you have to like, it's like going on the bachelor. I went on the bachelor. I got a pop. I got an audience from it, but like, until I was able to figure out what else I could offer this town, I was always just Nick from the bachelor. You know, and quite honestly, that wasn't that profitable. Even if it was, it had a shelf life because every season they're casting 60 new people. You know, I mean, how many, like, I haven't done the math, but since I was the bachelor, they've literally casted hundreds of bachelor people that have come and gone. You know, the only difference between me and them is I was able to figure out something else to offer other than just being Nick from the bachelor. And whether you're a TikTok star, I think you have to do the same. Yeah. Did when you're you've been podcasting for a while, but I feel like during the pandemic, you like it like was that the timing of when it really hit for you, or has it just been slow and steady? I think, I think it's slow and steady. You know, when I, I started in 2019 in, in January, and we always had like I always felt like the show started off with some pretty good success, but um it wasn't until like nine months in when I was like, oh, okay, like I think I think I have something here. Um and then when the pandemic started, um, I just kept going. And I think when the pandemic started, I thought I started late, you know, when I got into podcasting. Because at that time, I had friends in it already doing well. But then when the pandemic hit, like, everyone got into podcasting because, like, no one was working. And every agent and manager was like, you should start a podcast, you know. <laughs> and so a bunch of production companies were throwing out big MG checks to big names who didn't have an interest and I actually think the market got more competitive. Um, and I think like then after the pandemic stopped, you know, people went back to work, people lost interest in their podcasts. And so it's like, the, I think the cream rose to the top almost after like the the pandemic kind of came and went uh, because at, at a time, I mean, there was so many shows, everyone had them and, you know, it was it was hard to stand out. And I think we did a good job of still standing out in a very competitive industry. And then once the pandemic stopped, people, you know, stopped doing their shows or, you know, just didn't really care about it. They didn't do it because they wanted to. They did it because someone told them to do it or someone gave them a check. And so they just did it as long as they got paid. Um, and then when that happened, I think a lot of shows stopped. And I think, you know, the good shows, people who really loved doing it and put in the work, you know, st stood out. Is that why you 
field, like, so you're launching, I don't know if it's breaking news, but you're launching your own podcast network. Yeah. And the name is? Envy Media. And so I feel like the fact that you have this background in sales is going to help so much because not only you have this experience now in podcasting, but to run a podcast company, you're going to need to like. Really yeah, I mean, I have some... employees now. I'm, I'm, I'm doing weekly team meetings. I'm That's doing, right. I'm doing yearly reviews i'm i'm running a business you know um so it's kind of bizarre you that's know amazing. but that's what it it takes but yeah i'm i'm, I'm treating it like work like i said and, and, why, and using that you know experience that i got why uh not i totally get it but of all the people you pick katie and her co-host dana, is, yeah. dana why what about that podcast is you're like this is the one i'm launching well for first. one katie's a friend um and she's a main character and arguably one of the hottest cable reality TV shows. Uh, so it align, it's like it's vile files adjacent as I kind of refer to it. It's in line with like what we're the type of content we have. Everyone of my audience is a potential audience member for Katie and Dana. And I just really respect the hell of it out of Katie. And I got to know Dana through Katie and it just seemed like a good match. And, you know, I wanted to have the right fit and, I just uh, I like her as a person and really enjoy getting to know Dana and yeah and it just it just seemed like a nice fit. Is your wife friends with them? Yeah, her and Katie yeah. are pretty good friends. So, yeah. What about reality TV? What are your thoughts on going on it? Like, would you do a show about your family? Are you going to take more opportunities if they came? Like, we Probably want you in not. House of Villains like, or. Um, definitely not House of Villains. Um, <laughs> House of Heroes. Yeah. Even if these shows like if House of Villains came and offered quadruple what Special Forces like, is there? Are you at the level where you're like, you always I have don't price for sure. Okay, okay. okay. I'm saying, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know if it was like, I'm not looking to do that. Special Forces was an awesome, rewarding experience. I loved doing that. Um, it was, I think, really cool. Just on a personal level, forgetting about the money, it was just a really rewarding experience. And so, if there are other opportunities like that that can come up, then I'm open to it. Um, you know, I'm I'm getting into hosting reality TV shows. I have something coming up that I can't talk about quite yet, which is really exciting. Um, but I never say never in terms of like doing a reality show about my family and me and Natalie. Uh, I it it I don't think there's any benefit to the relationship. You know, so if you're gonna do it, I think it's a huge risk on the relationship. And yeah, it might come with fame and money and success, but. Uh, I don't know of a single relationship that has survived reality TV other than maybe you two um, and credit to you guys. But like, that is just something I would be very nervous about and I wouldn't do it without a lot of control and a lot of, you know, but I, I don't need it, I guess at this point. So uh, it would, I, w I wouldn't be negotiating from in, in a position of need, put it that way. Yeah. Is, does, is Natalie, like, how active is she behind the scenes? Like, are you going to do a spinoff, like a couples thing? Does she, like, when you met her, what were her aspirations? Is she like fame? Is she more low-key? Is she, like... I always say Natalie's a star, you know, in terms of in our family. She's the charismatic one. She has all the star quality. That being said, she's a surgical technologist, and she loves her job. She hasn't been working, obviously, all that much since she's been pregnant. And since she's been pregnant, like... Again, I think Natalie's a star. She's smart. She's funny. She's entertaining. Um, and so it's been fun to work with her. She's on my show more and more now. Now we're like you, know, like you guys kind of, you know, doing interviews together. And that's been a lot of fun. And I think we'll keep doing that for now. Um, I think Natalie has a perfect balance where it's like she has modeled and she she's familiar. Like she, she, she can act as if, you know. And I think that's why we worked because when I met her, uh, she didn't make me feel like she was a fan or she couldn't hang out with my friends. Like to me, she's the star, you know? And so right now our focus is our family. We have fun doing the show together. Um, I don't think she has any like major aspirations of doing anything else, uh, but I'm, I'm her biggest cheerleader and I think she's capable of doing quite literally anything she wants. So, you know, who knows? But right now we're just having a lot of fun doing the vile files together and working together and, and growing our family. What if ABC came and said, we want to film your wedding? Would you be interested in something? I mean, like they that? wouldn't, but they wouldn't. if they did and they wanted to pay for our wedding, sure. You know? Yeah, I think they do. ABC always listens to this. Um, yeah, come you know. on, ABC, yeah. step it up. We well, want to be on ABC. Up, we keep yeah. getting invited to the wedding. Where so. are you guys getting married? Uh, in Georgia, where she's 
Oh, great. Some, yeah. So her family's there. Yeah. That's amazing. And then is that in like half a year, year? Uh, we haven't like told the date, but okay. it's... Heidi's you know, trying to get all this. Uh, <laughs> are we invited? Yeah. You want to come? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who are you inviting? Like to, uh, Georgia's pretty far. How about like we would, a little know, party? We have a babysitter issue. Yeah. You'll yeah. get into that. We could do find... like, you know, an engagement party okay. again right. in L.A. Right. But, yeah. but we love weddings. I love the idea. Uh, in L.A., we 100% go. Flying the whole family. Babysitters are hard, right? Because you're also high profile. So you want someone you trust with your kids. Do you guys know any good nannies? Like in the market? Are having a hard time with nannies. Yeah, yeah it's tough, right? Because you really have to trust them. I'm going to get a hundred DMs. I've always people DM me like, "Call me your name." I know. Please, thank you. No, I usually, yeah, I never use my show yeah, to yeah. like. Because, yeah. Like, I can tell. Totally, like, no. I know. Uh, it's <laughs> tough. You really have to trust. You know, you're letting them into your personal space. You know, and it's hard to trust people these days. And those children are my life. Yeah. So it's like how they're treated, and you know, we have great people who don't want to be full time nannies. Is kind of where we're at, but. Yeah. We don't. All right, so I feel like you're also you're gonna do the hosting of you. Do you have shows you're out shopping as a producer now because you have such? I feel like you're like a. We're trying to like obviously do it right. I've seen a lot of people try what I'm doing and fail, and I think because sometimes I think they scale too fast and things like that. So really happy with how disrespectfully is going so far. You know, numbers are great. Um, maybe we'll sign one or two more shows this year maybe won't sign any more shows i don't know it really just depends on uh the talent the concept do i think it fits with what we're trying to do um you know i have active conversations going on with people but it it has to be the right fit i feel like yeah hollywood's a tricky place and it's a tricky time too with reality tv and you know some people are getting such good numbers but with streaming and everything too it's, it's really just it's, changed the landscape it's really tough yeah and i think yeah from a buying you know uh, people are investing in known entities right. you know so that's something i don't know the backstory and this could be like vintage but do you, one time were you ever like because you are clearly one of the more famous people to ever come off that whole franchise. Did people target you? Like other Bachelor guys try to have beef with you and start drama? Or is it not that petty? Like, is it? Or do you um, I think, uh, you know, put it this way. Uh, I, I, I notice in a lot of different ways the success my show has had. And one of the ways I've noticed is every once in a while, it seems like uh, various talent in reality TV, maybe not even exclusive to the basher will you know use my show as a way to draw attention by maybe commenting but at the same time you know we talk about reality tv so we're commenting on a lot of people and so sometimes they respond maybe not like what we have to say but um you know when you're the big fish sometimes you know people will use that to their advantage do you ever see any of these people in public like is, is it that small of a town where you're like oh i don't see them all that much and when i do i definitely don't care oh, you know i'm thanks for the thanks yeah for the clicks. I, I, yeah i'm not offended like it's all work you know what i'm saying i don't take myself that seriously you know i've the criticism i receive nowadays is a, a fraction of what it was like for me when i was on like i got some pretty good heat you know during the time i'm a bachelorette so like i've i'm i'm kind of um it doesn't like affect me. I don't take it all that seriously. You know, like it's people to me when they're talking about me on TV or on the show, they're not talking about me. They're, they're just talking about a character, you know, so it's not, it's not that serious for me. What are some of the best things that you've learned about yourself and through the experience of being on the bachelor and in Hollywood? I think that I'm resilient. Yes. Other than that, I think, um, well, I think one is just like, yeah, I kind of, you don't go on reality TV. You don't go on reality TV if you don't like attention, right? Um, so I'm not going to pretend I don't like attention. Uh, but I have learned that, um, like I said before, now that I've been in it for a while, it's attention now is just like kind of a cost of doing business. It came to the anxiety, you know, the when I get noticed or, or, when there's press about me or whatever, because it's like, oh shit, what, <laughs> what, what is the headline now? Um, but other than that, you know, I've tried to stay as grounded and as normal as, yeah. as possible. What advice would you give yourself at the beginning of The Bachelor or someone going on The Bachelor? It's just not that serious, yeah, you know, because I took, I think early on, I, I, I didn't realize that. And even when I, you know, 
went on The Bachelor. It's like everything, every rose mattered. And it's just like, no, it doesn't, you know? <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, not, not to react, you know, not be that reactive. It's weird because it's like the situation he, when we talked to him and he looks back and I keep thinking about it, it's like, but he did all that and he got that success. So maybe all those roses did matter because you ended up in a way yeah. being the guy. Well, like know? I said, I, you know, people always ask me about like, how do you feel about your time on the show? It's just like, I wouldn't be with you guys right now. I wouldn't have my show if it weren't for The Bachelor. I'm not going to pretend that I was able to do everything I was able to do without them. Like they gave me the platform. You know, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but not stressing through it, like enjoying the yeah. process, it sounds like, too. Like, I think that's part of our success of reality TV is that we enjoyed it. Like, yeah, we were stirring it up or like having drama, but it's like it was fun because at the end of the day, we knew yeah. this is the best job. It's reality TV. It's like we're on a play. You know? Yeah, and there's like, a level of gratitude. Like, right. I laughed so hard when you guys made a TikTok about it was basically the Bethany reckoning oh, like, oh and you gosh. guys are like you can lock us in a room we'll do that like but i laugh it was i loved it i love that you guys did that because you know all these people who sign up now it's like they're signing up as as if they've like been in hollywood and actors for 10 years and they deserve this type of clout and it's like how dare you serve me you know, room temperature water, like this type of energy. And it's just, and then they turn it into this, how could they, you know, it's just like, you went on a reality TV show. It's like, yeah, they told you to stay in your hotel room for a day because they didn't want you talking to other people when they weren't having cameras. That's, that's not them locking you in a room. Like, you know, and it's just like, I think people to take themselves too seriously. And when things don't work out to their expectations on reality TV, it's just an easy scapegoat to blame everyone else and blame the show and production. And I, I loved that you guys, I laughed so hard. I thought it was iconic that you guys were doing it because that, that's the mentality you have to have. You have to be like, listen, this is a crazy experience. I'm clearly doing this because some part of me wants the attention. Some part of me thinks I could be a star. Um, but like to, to do this, there is a cost. You know, and you have to put yourself kind of in the in the shit of it all and see if you can survive it, which you guys definitely did. And for us, it was about the money, too. Like, yeah. we were getting paid so much. We're like, we need these checks. Like, keep it coming. So it was like, it's fun to get the fame and like that. But really for us, we're like... We want the money. We're on Rodeo. I'm going in our mess. Yeah. I need that Birkin. You know, right, like, yeah. That one scene was my Birkin for here or whatever, you know, so totally. it's such an equivalent. If there was no money attached to fame, like, that's the last thing I'd be doing. I just thought oh it was God, the yeah. easiest way to get money, which in retrospect, you put, you, I might as well have gone to school. But, you right, know, it's yeah. a right. hard balance. You still, right. you know. But yeah, yeah there, was, you, there was a method to your madness, yeah, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Spencer just came off of producing a reality show on Fox. He was one of the youngest executive producers in Hollywood. He's 20 years old and sold and created Princes of Malibu. So when he came on the hills, he came on as a producer because one of our producers was just working for him. So he like went back in the role with him and he's like, all right, let's do this and this. Spencer had Operation Up stage it was called with the producer and then started producing out the hills but i don't I think he realized the narrator yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to some podcasts you talked about that i was, yeah, I was so. uh pretty fascinated but yeah you have you, you've had a hell of a career i respect if, it if sean had been adam it would have been a way more successful operation but he was the sh- uh like the co-executive so sure. adam was the creator that came from laguna so i didn't have but if adam had been my boy it would have been a wrap but well, I'm so excited for you. You have so much awesome stuff ahead. Congrats on your fiance. Thank you. Congrats on your baby. I pray that she's healthy, amazing. Everything's going to go so great. Best birth it. plan ever. Yeah. It's great to find me, guys. You'll have to come on my show soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. With Natalie. You are the equivalent to another person that like keeps me so inspired is like Heather McDonald. Like there's yeah, you and Heather, like Heather people it. that have taken one and they've gone to the whole next level. And it always gives me hope, like, you know, because you are all over my like your podcast could i don't know if you i'm just in the tiktok feed of like your clips but like you have so many of those you know water cooler moments so it's so exciting to like feel that energy well, coming from you i appreciate it because you guys truly you know you like i said i value longevity and you guys hey you've been in it for a long time i've i've known who you guys were a long time before i ever showed up on the bachelor and you're and, you know you know for we're all sitting here right now so it's pretty cool thank you yeah. i have a one last question <laughs> We used to ask our guests, and we've kind of forgotten, if you were giving us a game plan for Spidey's 16th minute of how to 
create more longevity for our career and what would be the next step? What would you advise as an outside perspective? Uh, I would just pay attention to what people are talking about um, and then find a way to um, figure out what part of those conversations interest you and, you know, connect, you know, what, in what you're interested in with, uh, with what people care and then get a bunch of social content, you know, and you can never put out too much content, you know, and just keep doing it. That's the thing. It's just like most people just give up, you know, most people, I think most people just want to be famous. You know, I get a lot of those calls where it's just like, Hey Nick, you know, you've had this success and I just would love to pick your brain. What do you like? Well, what do you want to do? Um, I, I don't know. I like fashion. You know, it's always the same shit. It's like, I like fashion. <laughs> I like to travel. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. You know, it's just like, um, so, you know, you got, you know, don't give up, just keep going. And like, just, I think longevity matters and, you know, eventually people will find another show. Like, that they used to listen to that stopped and they'll, they'll keep coming back to you guys. So I think just ha like what you do and keep doing it. Honestly, that's all I've really done. Salt. I can take that. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on, especially as your wife expecting and being on call. So we really appreciate your time. I appreciate it as well.